You're listening to the Above Target Sales Podcast, delivering insights into the sales process hosted by Stephen Croft. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Above Target Sales Podcast. My name is Stephen Croft and I'm your host. I'm a sales professional with over 10 years experience working in sales. Clayton Navarro is back. Today he tells me the story of the sales process he used when selling phone plans to shoppers at the supermarket. He has a five-step process and he goes through each step in detail and gives me many insights into how to hit sales targets. It's not an easy job trying to sell phone plans in the middle of a supermarket and Clayton definitely gains the skills to smash it. Check out this episode for lots of hints and tips for selling effectively. Clayton Navarro, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. No worries. Thank you. We've talked off air about um, some topics that we could uh, go over that in your sales experience. And we did impulse factors in a previous episode. And I really loved that one. There's some really good stuff there. And you also mentioned that you would um, you could sell people a phone plan just by uh, walking into a supermarket to buy groceries. Tell me about that one. <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite stories. It's my claim to fame. People say, oh, look, I can sell ice to Essicomos. I'm like, look, I can sell phone plans to grocery shoppers. <laughs> so <laughs> it was probably in the first sales role that I had, I was initially put in their credit card division. And well, I guess it's not defaming if I say the client was Woolworths that I was working for. And... Yeah. They wanted us, wanted me to be part of the team that was selling mobile phone plans. So there were Samsung phones and they were a 24-month contract plan. But the way they wanted to get this pushed was literally have us set up in the middle of a store, of an actual Woolworths store, and stop shoppers that had come in to sell them a phone. Now, as you could imagine, everyone already has a phone. And <laughs> yep usually people aren't in the market for a phone and when they are they go looking for one so it was like sifting through every, like a needle in a haystack but the haystack was huge and the needle was tiny um, <laughs> yeah but that's what that's what the job was and it was a lot of fun we got to learn real good skills when it came to being able to stop someone and catch their attention little hooks and little lines that you would have to use just to get someone to get out of the monotony of their own mind. When they, when you're grocery shopping, you're sitting there looking up, looking at the signs, wondering, trying to figure out what you're trying to do for dinner. Or some people would literally just be walking in for bread and milk, bread and milk. Hmm. Uh, in trying to disrupt that day, it's a lot of skill, a lot of fun. Uh, one of my hmm. favorite ones was to point at the ground in front of someone because if someone sees you pointing at the ground in front of them, they all stop and look down at their feet. Oh my God, that is so cool. <laughs> it was just enough to break their concentration on whatever they were doing, catch their attention and then bring them over if I, uh, to whatever we were doing or to whatever, uh, mm. to whatever stand I was standing at. Lots of fun. Um, we were selling on average probably two phones a day, the guys that were actually able to sell, yep. which is great. I, I think it's crazy just being able to sit in the same Woolworths for a week or so and find 10 people that walk into that Woolworths and get them to walk out with a phone plan. They're, 
yeah. ugh, it's hilarious but it does that was probably where a lot of my resilience got brought into my life as well you're like you're stop trying to stop someone most people are going to walk by you most people are going to say hey look no some people won't even acknowledge you mm. but it's that whole mentality of making sure that you stay positive once you've stopped the person it's a little bit fun you actually just have a bit of a conversation it's mm. when we were first learning this whole process one of the first things they teach us is it's five steps to a conversation it's not really a sale uh, just to help curiosity this is the five steps are the intro so just the initial hire, the initial hook, the initial whatever to get that person in. The second step is the short story. So why are you talking to them? Why are you, what's the meaning of this conversation? What's, it can be applied to even just normal conversation. The next part's the presentation. So whatever the bulk of the conversation is, obviously in the selling world that's where you're presenting the product in the short story though the step two you would have qualified that this person's worth having a chat to or giving that product a bit of a voice Mm -hmm. then you move on to the close which if you're if you've done steps one to three really well the close is super easy it's just making that person walk themselves through and walk themselves into the close and get them to basically say yes i want this after that, after they've decided they want it, you rehash and basically cover all the points that's been ha- that's happened. Tell them what amazing deal they've got because buyer's remorse is a real thing, mm. and the sale's done. And I, again, I, I just marvel at the fact that there was a guy who signed up. It was a Samsung S8 Plus, ninety dollars a month. He got eight gigs of data and he literally, as he walked away with the phone in his hand, went, all I wanted was a banana when I walked in here today. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yeah. go, that's right. <laughs> I'm actually selling to people who want groceries. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, he, uh, oh, oh, man, there's so much to unpack there. Because I can imagine if for any salesperson, if you said this is what you had to do, You'd be like, oh, really? <laughs> is, that, is that what I'm doing? I don't want to annoy people as they walk into a wars. So if you actually take on that role, you know, I think that's amazing, first of all. Um, and uh, the impulse factors there as well. So you learned a lot about these impulse factors that helped you in that role, right? Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously one of the best things that we could do is because it was such a small stall, and literally it was uh, maybe about waist height, a little bit higher than waist height. All we got to have were the phones that were in there. So if someone wanted a phone and like, oh, look, don't worry, I'll get, I'll come back tomorrow or I'll, um, I'll maybe make a decision later on. You go, hey, look, that's fine. Like, feel free to make a decision. You open up the little door that's in there in the store and go, I've got about three of that phone left. And people are actually buying them at quite a high rate. So feel free to make a decision, but I don't know if you're going to get it. <laughs> that yep. straight away puts the fear of loss in there. It makes puts the greed in there and the urgency to actually make that decision. Um, little things like that. Yeah. It's a fun objection handling that I used to go uh, that I used to do. 
and it's a little bit cheeky. You have to make sure you do it a little bit with tongue in cheek. But when people would go, oh, look, I don't know if I'm ready to make a decision yet, you kind of walk them through the decision-making process and then get them to make a decision anyway. You're like, hey, look, yeah, man, that's fine. Look, I know you don't want to rush into a decision, but just in case, like, what is stopping you? What's the thing that's holding you back? Oh, I need to talk to my wife. Oh, okay, cool. So it's your wife that's the decision maker. She's the one that wears the pants in the relationship. <laughs> and just those little things. But if you say it with a enough uh, enough of a smile, people have a bit of a laugh. They'll have a bit of a joke, and they usually come back if you're able to mm. laugh about it without forcing them into that sale. Mm. I love that. That's really good. Uh, yeah, and then impulse factors like um, with the suggestive language one of the greatest things was to get them to hold the phone and say, take a photo with this because at the time yeah. there were flagship phones. People look at that. They take the photo and they go, Holy crap. I, my phone's not this good. And then you have to take it away from them and go, look, you're only allowed to have that. If you obviously get the plan, <laughs> all of a sudden you've created a void in that person's life that they had 10 seconds before. Yeah. Ah, I, love, yes. I love that. That's so cool. Um, one of the things you mentioned in the previous episode was that you're the king of indifference. How did that work in that situation? Oh, great. Uh, so basically if someone just turns around and goes, Hey, look, I don't know if I want this. I'm not sure if I'm like, they have that little bit of questioning hands in the pocket, step back and go, look, you've got a phone. Everyone has a phone. I don't know if I'm going to be here next week. I don't know if, uh, what's it called? If these phones are going to be here but feel free to come back if you want. It's up to you. It's completely up to you. I know there's a few other people that are going to buy it. And the greatest thing, I always did it just, I always had my little stall kiosk understocked just for that, for when people say, hey, look, I don't know if I want to buy it. Hands in the shoulders, shrug and go, it's completely up to you. I'm not here to sell it to you. I'm just here to help you out. (laughs) And most people go, why aren't you trying to sell to me harder? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're trying, then they start pushing you to sell to them. Almost, that's what they want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. I love that. And it's just the complete open body language. Like, Hey, look, it's not me. It's you. It's all you. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that, man. Hey, let's uh, go. It's let's, so much fun. I want to mm. go back to, cause this is probably a question most people ask is, how the hell do you get someone to stop and talk to you? And that one where they're pointing at their feet, that's gold. I love that. What else yeah. is there? Oh. there another few ones is just things that people can relate to. So, and stupid questions. There's always que- stupid questions that someone will say yes to. For example, <laughs> if someone was walking by, I would, all, I would stop them and say, excuse me, sir, do you shop in Woolworths? <laughs> and they would stop and be like, of course. What are you talking about? And you go, Oh, great. I think I've got something for you. You turn around and you walk back to your kiosk. So you usually make sure that you're about two to three meters away from the kiosk yep. just because that way it disassociates the fact that you're stopping them for that. Ah, yeah. And then it's called a turn and burn where you turn around and you say, I've got something for you. Make sure they can obviously hear that. And then yep. all you do is wait at the kiosk, but you don't turn around and wait and see if they're coming. Hmm. 70% of the time, someone will end up next to you. You could almost bank on the fact that you go, Hey, look, I've got something for you. You turn around and just walk away to, or walk back to your kiosk. Mm. 
-hmm. and you stand there with a brochure in your hand or a little information leaflet and you just kind of wait and don't even look at them until they end up next to you. Yep. So you don't go back to the kiosk, grab something and come back. You go over to the kiosk, wait there and then draw them over to you. Yeah. Yeah. So you bring them into your space. That obviously stops people getting blocked, blocking up the aisles, but it also bring, gets them to come to you with a bit of curiosity. It's built that curiosity. That's all of a sudden the excitement can be built on that. And then obviously the person will see, okay, look, it's phones. I mean, a plan or whatever, or whatever the thing is, but it opens that conversation. Yeah. Uh, Other little things that you can do is just ask again, ask questions that they say yes to. One thing that um, a lot of people used, I didn't particularly use it myself, but they would ask, hey, do you use a Woolworths rewards card or do you have a Woolworths rewards card? They go, oh, yes, great. Oh, you must be a loyal customer. Let me show you what Woolworths are trying to do for you. Turn around, get them to come in. If they do stand there, a lot of people did stand there kind of just wondering what's going on. So you do (laughs) give them a little bit of a, like, come here, get the arm going and everything as you turn around. Mm. But like I said, 60 to 70% of the time, everyone you turn and burn will show up next to you. It's brilliant. I love that. I've also heard a theory that people are attracted to things that are moving away from them. So the fact mm. that you turn around and walk, they, they feel the need to follow you. Whereas if you walk towards them with some brochure or a phone or something like that, they'd be like, oh, get away from me. Um, so the, the fact that you draw, you drew them in is incredible. I love that. Yeah, and I guess that's why it worked. I never learned that kind of science bit, but that's really cool. I'm going to add that to my little list. Yeah, I don't know where I heard that. People come. Yeah, it's just something I, I heard over time. It's just, it's the same with um, like when you withdraw the product. So if you're pitching to someone and then you start to withdraw it, because you're moving away from them, they're more inclined to move towards you. Like, oh no, I do, I do want that. If you start to withdraw the di- withdraw the discount or withdraw the deal, or maybe this isn't for you, or you know, I thought maybe this, you'd be the right kind of person who'd want to, but that's okay. I'll give it to someone else, you know, because you're moving away from them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, we it draws them. What we can't have. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Um, uh, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. So. Um, did, were you were you in a uniform or anything? Did did you did did, did it look like you were selling phones? Uh, so when we first started, it was just a suit with a lanyard. So I was in normally a blue or a black, not black, blue or grey suit, and in the middle of a Woolworth store, wearing one of those lanyards, basically saying I'm a contractor. Okay. They did eventually move us up to having a uniform. So you basically had to wear a Woolworths mobile uniform. It looked different to the Woolworths uniform and it had mobile over the front instead of where Woolworths would be. Okay. Um, so, yes, did we that, did have to wear a uniform. Yeah. Did things change when you wore a uniform and it had mobile written on there? Did it, did it stop people from wanting to talk to you? Funnily enough, I think it created a little bit more trust in people because it didn't have us disassociated from Woolworths and like, okay, this is part of the brand. This is actually what they're doing. Yep. Whereas if not, it looked like we're a third party coming in and we're trying to undercut Woolworths almost. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense because they're already a Woolworths customer. They're loyal to Woolworths. They've probably got a Woolworths rewards card. So if they see something associated with Woolworths, it's just immediate familiarity for you. That Mm. that really helps. Yeah. Cool. And did you have a target per day? 
yeah, the target was two per day. Um, and look, there were some days you would hit zero and there's some days you would hit five. I think the most I sold in one day was six or seven, no, 11 phones. I sold 11 phones in one day and I thought I was king of the world. And then I, for some reason on the same day that I was having a really good day, the guy who taught me had a really good day. So I turned around to him like, how many did you do today? Like, man, he was a big Nigerian guy. Like, man, I'm going to have to ask you first. I told him 11 and he turns around and laughs at me and says he got 12. <laughs> it was a healthy one competition. Of you, yeah, one of those things where you finally think you beat your teacher and then they beat you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good, man. You got taught by the best. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. It was... Yeah. A good promotion, though they had actually promoted it in the local newspaper and things like that, so that that helped oh, a little bit. Cool. And was it a full day? Were you like eight hours there? Uh I was. I'm what what you call lazy. <laughs> um, so I would go in, make my two sales. If I made my two sales in an hour, I would walk away. I'd go. <laughs> yeah. But then, if I didn't make my two sales, and eight hours had shown up, like normally, what would happen? You'd go to the office. Um, that's not what's related, but you'd go to the office and you do a little bit of sales training. You do a little bit of pitch practice. You do a bit of, um, product training and things like that. And you would get to the store somewhere between 10 and 12. Uh, so 10 AM and 12 PM. Yep. Then you'd be there from 12 till six. If you wanted to push it, you could go anywhere between six and nine. Um, and it was basically up to you to decide when you wanted to finish your day. Mm, yeah. Hit that target. Yeah. Just get the targets, especially because it was heavily commission based. I think at one point it was only commission. So it was like, do I stay here and make a sale and get paid or do I walk away and basically say I made no money today? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good motivator right there. <laughs> oh, definitely. It, it, it builds character. Let's put it that oh. way. Oh, absolutely. You know, cheers to you, man. I couldn't do that. I, oh, uh, I couldn't do that. <laughs> but that yeah, yeah, it's yeah. something that once you've done it, you go, okay, I can do that. But yeah. thinking about it, it's daunting. It's like, hang on, wait, wait I only get paid if it's com- if I make a sale. Yeah. But yeah, it's, ca- it's one of those things. Character building. Yeah, extremely. <laughs> but so, it's one of those things where you get... Yeah. You get forced to learn. You get forced to get good at what you do. If not, you oh, don't eat. That's thrown in the deep end right there. <laughs> Just push you yeah. straight to the deep end of the pool, sink or swim. <laughs> yeah, basically. So to wrap up, walk me through the, you mm-hmm. said you had like a process. You had like a four-step process. Just quickly four go step. over that. Like a four or five step, like the, you know, before you got to the close, what were the... Ah, oh, yes. So the five had? steps of conversation. Yeah. So the first step is, again, the introduction, the hook, something that basically gets that person talking to you. The second yeah. step you're looking at is the short story. So why are we talking? Who am I? What, who are you? What's the reason for this conversation? And is this worth pursuing? Is this conversation worth pursuing? So that would be the qualifying questions. Things like, hey, look, are you locked in a phone plan right now? We're not going to, no one ever wanted to get someone out of a phone plan. You can't sell a phone to someone who's locked in one of those. Mm. So you need to just qualify a bit. You need to have a quick chat about just to see if they are the right fit. And that's the same with every kind of sale. 
you need to make sure you're talking to the right person. Yep, absolutely. The next step is the presentation where you actually show them the product. You match the product with the needs that you found in that qual in the qualifying questions. Hmm. You go, okay, oh, actually, that was that's a bit fun too, which we might have to talk about in another episode. Yeah. The needs analysis. Absolutely. What do you have now? What do you enjoy about that? What would you alter? Are you the decision maker? And then you move forward. Mm, yep. So by finding all that out about the person and what they like about the phone, you just use that and throw that back at them with something better when you're presenting. Yep. Next step, which is number four, is the close. And the close is super simple. Look, my job's super easy today. I'm here to assess, assist you in getting yourself a brand new phone. You've obviously, you've already told me that you are in the market for one. You like the fact that I'm saving you money and I'm getting you a better device. Like, what's your credit card details? It's not yeah. that, but, yeah. um, and then it's a rehash. So once the close is made, people need to know what to do next. People need to be led to the next step. If you let them try and make the next step themselves, they won't do it. I don't know why. Absolutely. That's so a great five steps of conversation. That is a great process. I love that. That's very similar to the process. That's um, the focus of my podcast. It's almost exactly the same um, with those steps. It's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. That was a, that was a very interesting story. I love it. <laughs> I love I'm it. glad I can interest you. I know. And I know you've got more of these, so we're going to, um, you have to come back on. Uh, look, next time we can talk about my massage chair one. Yes, I like that one. Yes, <laughs> little teaser. Thanks for that. Yeah, that's the next one. That's that's on the list. Cool, man. All right. Alrighty. Well, thanks for joining me today and uh, have an awesome day. Talk soon. Not a problem. Talk then. Yeah. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.